Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Travis here. Uh, Looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you this morning. Uh, The title of this message is called The Assignment. And I want to talk specifically about what I feel God has put on my heart for us as a church. The assignment that God has for us in this season. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, that you're able to speak to our hearts and you're able to change our lives by the power of your Word. God, I ask that you would open it up, make it alive to us, Change us and transform us by your word. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about the assignment today. And looking in the book of Habakkuk, I want to start by first letting you know what's happening in the book. In the book of Habakkuk, we realize that this prophet is living during one of Judah's critical periods. The country has fallen from the reforms that Josiah, King Josiah, brought in some reforms. Josiah brought the law of the Lord back into the land, and people were returning to the Lord. But people were falling now away from that, and the country was now, uh, there was violent treatment of citizens, there was oppression against the poor, the legal system was collapsing, there was war all around. And this prophet Habakkuk is overwhelmed by the darkness that's going on around him. And so this book gives us an account of the journey that Habakkuk is on, the journey from doubt to faith and worship. Habakkuk asks God questions in this book, and he answers him. And so this is what is very interesting about the book of Habakkuk, is with most of the prophetic books, the prophet is always bringing a message to the people. But in this book, it's actually a picture of the prophet coming and complaining to the Lord and praying to the Lord and how the Lord responds. I want to just give you a little outline of the book of Habakkuk. Reading in verse 2 and 4. This is Habakkuk's complaint to the Lord. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all of the misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and to fight. The law has become paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous. So the justice has become perverted. All right? Have you ever cried out to God, wondering, God, why won't you listen? Well, this is where Habakkuk was. He was being honest with God. He's saying, God, I'm crying out and you're not listening. There's violence everywhere. There's arguing. There's fighting. There's there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, and justice has become perverted. So basically, God, if you're good, why are you allowing evil to happen? If you're such a good God, why is there so much evil around me? And the Lord responds to Habakkuk in verse 5. So look to the screen or to your Bibles here in verse 5. The Lord replied, Look around at the nations, look and be amazed, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone came and told you about it. And then he says, I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They're going to march against the world and conquer other lands. 
They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. And then he goes on to describe, the Lord describes how evil they are. Verse 10 says, They scoff at kings and princes. They scorn at the fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and they capture the fortresses. They sweep past like the wind and they are gone. But they are deeply guilty for their own strength. Their own strength is their God. Um, So God is basically saying, I'm raising up Babylon. Babylon. Uh, Chaldeans are being raised up. They're cruel and they're violent people. And Habakkuk here, the prophet, doesn't like what God is saying. And so we see here that he has a second complaint in verse 12. So this is the second complaint of the prophet. Verse 12 and 13. O Lord my God, the Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. O Lord, a rock, you have, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. But you're pure. You cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up the people more righteous than they are? And so Habakkuk does not like the plan of God. Habakkuk is like, man, I, I don't like this. I don't understand this. Can you please explain yourself? Okay. Now, we don't have time to get into the full explanation of why God allows evil to exist. If you want the full explanation, go to Connect Group this week because we're going to have a, a breakdown of that at Connect Group. But, but, but Habakkuk is saying, I don't like your plan, God. He says, should the wicked swallow up a people more righteous than them? And, and the Babylonian, the Chaldeans, were actually a pagan people and they practiced witchcraft and astrology. Okay? Uh, their main god was the god Marduk, who was the god of thunderstorms. And so they worshipped another god. They wor- their worship was temple prostitution in those days. There was the cutting of yourself, there was self-mutilation, there was child sacrifice. All of these things were happening in pagan worship. And, and God was going to allow this nation to rise up. But you see, what was happening was... God's people were actually worshiping God one day, and then they were worshiping Baal the next day, or Marduk, or other deities. They were worshiping pagan deities, and they were also trying to worship God. The problem with that, one of the problems with that, is that the worship wasn't just coming and singing songs, like we do on Sunday. It was demonic. There was, like I said, prostitution, cutting yourself, self-mutilation, child sacrifice. These things were happening, and it was so common in those days that God warns his people in Deuteronomy that they're not allowed to do it. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 17 to 18, none of the daughters of Israel shall be a temple prostitute. Like, why did God have to say that? Because he knew that was going to be an area of temptation. Nor shall any of the sons of Israel be a temple prostitute. You shall not bring the wages of a prostitute or the money of a dog into the house of the Lord, your God, because of any vow. For even both are an abomination to the Lord, your God. And I think what really happens, if I can summarize chapter 2 and 3, as God is responding to, to Habakkuk's second complaint of why God would you allow evil, to conquer good. The best way to summarize it is to say this, when a nation celebrates 
evil and exalts evil. God takes his hand off and allows people to taste the fruit of it. It's actually his mercy. We're living in a time right now and up until now where, you know, good was being called evil and evil was being called good and nobody can discern right from wrong. And now what happens is when God begins to lift off his hand and evil begins to rise, people see the fruit of it and they repent. And I don't have time to get into uh, all of this, but we will as we move on this week in Connect Group. So Habakkuk shared his complaints with the Lord, and now he wanted an answer from the Lord. So we look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, and this is where we're coming to our assignment, what I feel God is speaking to us. Let's read it in Hebrews, or sorry, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Okay. And then the Lord said to me, write the answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for an appointed time. It describes the end and it shall be fulfilled. It shall seem slow in coming. Wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not delay. Now I want you to, I want to break this down because I feel this is the assignment. Say the assignment. You ready? Here we go. So number one, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower. Okay. This is a time, number one, to meet regularly with the Lord in prayer, okay? You need to have a paradigm shift. You have to change your mindset. You're no longer going to have a prayer closet or a prayer den because that speaks of a hiding away with the Lord, okay? That, that's a good thing. But in this season, we don't want a prayer closet. You want a watchtower. Why? Because from a watchtower, you, you are, you're praying, but you're watchful for where the enemy wants to come against you. You want to see your destiny. You want to be able to see your future. You want to prayer, pray, but you want to do it watchfully, okay? So we have to change our paradigm shift. We're going to have watchtower prayer, okay? From a tower, you can see what's coming. God wants you to be watchful in this season. Number two, okay? He says, Habakkuk says, I will wait to See, we have to be waiting to see what God is going to speak to us in this season, okay? I want you to realize that God wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me in dreams and visions. You say, Pastor, God would speak to me with a dream? Are you saying God would speak to me in a vision? Listen, the prophet Joel and the apostle Peter both quoted this and they said, that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my maidservants will I pour out my spirit in those days. Listen, it's important to grasp that right now we understand that our um, hearing the voice of God is the birthright of every believer in Jesus Christ. If you're born again, your birthright is to hear God for your own personal life. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So you need to get excited today because God wants to speak to you in dreams and visions. But first, you got to be willing to meet regularly with the Lord in prayer in your watchtower, so to speak. Okay, so number one, meet regularly with the Lord in prayer. Number two, look for God to speak to you in dreams and visions. 
God is going to speak to you in dreams and visions. Number three, the prophet said, he will answer. You know, God will answer your prayer. God, God is not wanting to leave you high and dry. He will answer your prayer. He will give you a dream. He'll give you a vision. He'll speak to you mostly through his word as you're reading the word. And he'll speak to you through others. But God will speak to you. He will answer. So the third one is listen to the word of the Lord. Listen, when God speaks to you, listen to what he says, because it's going to change your circumstance. Okay, now I want you to see this here. In verse 2 and 3, he writes this. Okay, write your answer plainly. And God is speaking now. So number four is keep a journal of the things God says to you. Okay? When the Lord speaks to you, write it down. I've been speaking to people and saying, in this season right now, you need to keep a journal beside your bed. You need to have somewhere to write down in your prayer time what God is speaking to you. Write it down. Okay? And number five, okay, God says, it will surely come to pass. So number five is wait for God to bring it to pass. Don't be impatient. God will bring his word to pass in your life. Amen. Verse four. God says the proud, his soul is not upright within him, but the just shall live by his or I'll say her faith. You cannot depend on the faith of your, your parents. You can't live on the faith of Pastor Travis or some other minister. You can't live on the faith of your grandparents or, I mean, you have to have your own personal faith. The just shall live by his or by her faith. The Bible tells us that God has given each of us a measure of faith and we want that faith to grow. And if we don't use it, it's not going to grow. Amen. So I want to encourage you in this season to live by faith. What is faith? Well, faith in the book of Hebrews, we're told that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. In other words, substance is, is the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists of which has tangible, solid presence. Substance is tangible. You can touch it. It has substance, okay? And that's what faith is like. It's a substance that will cause us to rise above the situations that are around us. Let me give you another example. Faith is like the law of aerodynamics, which create lift and supersede the law of gravity. A similar thing. Faith is like the wings of an airplane, okay? And the flaps on the wings that turn down at the back of the wing is like the spoken vision the spoken word, when you begin to declare what God has spoken to your spirit, what God has spoken to you through his word while you're in the watchtower, when you begin to declare the truth of God's word, when you begin to praise him, it's like those flaps come down with those wings extended and you begin to rise up and defy gravity. You begin to fly. That's how this thing works. All right. So so in order to have faith, we need to have vision in order to have vision. We have to hear from God. 
We have to read the word in the watchtower and get a word from heaven. We have to have vision. We have to, we have to have dreams. We have to hear from God. And as we do, when we begin to declare it, okay, the vision is like those wings. When we begin to declare it and begin to praise the Lord, the flaps come down and we begin to soar. Amen? And so, so we need to understand, okay, in order to have faith, you have to have a fresh word from heaven for your life. You need to hear God in regards to your marriage. You need to hear God in regards to your children, your parenting. You need to hear God. What is the strategy for your finances? You know, God might want to speak to you and give you a vision or an idea that will create wealth in your generations. Where some people might be losing their jobs and ending up on EI, God has a plan that he wants to give to you when you're in the watchtower, waiting to see what God will speak to you. And I want to encourage you in this time, it, you know, when they lift the social distancing a little bit, it might be in a couple weeks, it might be in five weeks, nobody knows at this point. But when this ban is lifted and we begin to go back to normal, it would be such a tragedy if all we did during our time of being at home was watch YouTube, watch the news, prayed a little bit, watched what was going on on webinars in the churches around the world, listened to all the latest and greatest prophets, but we haven't made time to hear God for our own personal lives. It would be a tragedy. And so I want to encourage you. It's not too late. Make a watchtower. Set yourself into the watchtower to see and to hear what the Lord is saying concerning your life, concerning where God wants to bring you. Amen? In order to have faith, we need vision. We need to have vision. What is God saying to you? I know what God is saying to me. What is he saying to you? Write it down and run with it. He will speak to you. I promise if you get alone with the Lord, he will speak to you. Okay? He'll speak to you first and foremost through his word. He might give you a dream. He'll give you vision. In the beginning of the book of Habakkuk, the prophet is so concerned about all the problems. We're going to call them high hills, mountaintops, all the problems that are around him. God, come and fix this mountain. Come and help me conquer this mountain and that mountain and this, this problem. Help me conquer it all, God. And, and the Lord gets him to focus on his problems. We have to conquer our own problems. We can't change what's happening out here. We've got to conquer our own problems first. Amen. And I want to finish off here in Habakkuk chapter 3. If you go with me to Habakkuk chapter 3, powerful book. And we're going to continue again, like I said, in Connect Group this week. So please be part of that. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Now remember in the beginning of the book, Habakkuk is focused on all the problems that he has no control over, all the problems that are happening around him. But look what he says here. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. And then we'll close. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and even though there's no grapes on the vines, and even though there's the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, and even though the flocks die in the fields, 
and the cattle barns are empty, okay? He's recognizing that, you know, there's famine in the land. There's things going on around us that are out of his control. And he says, even though all of this is happening, even though this plant here is dead because no one's watered it in three weeks, all right? Even though everything's falling apart, and I know there's some, some of you now are watching this and you were noticing the plant is dead, and I noticed it as well, and I left it there as a prop. But even though everything's dead, even though everything seems to be going crooked, even though everything seems to be shaken, look at Habakkuk. Look what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. See, he was focusing on all the problems, and now he's looking at his own life, and he says, I see that there's problems everywhere, and I, that's in the hands of the Lord, but I'm going to focus on being joyful in my situation. Now, why is this important? Because the vision that God gives you, like I said, is the wings of the plane. But when you begin to praise the Lord and sing for joy and declare the goodness of God, you know, those flaps come down, and you begin to soar above the problems of life. Amen? Look what he says, finishing off in verse 19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. And actually, the New King James Version and other versions say this. He will make me to walk on my high hills. See, Habakkuk was all concerned about all the other problems that were going on in the world around him, you know? But he realized, now I have my own problem. I have my own hill to climb, right? Pastor Travis, I have my own hill to conquer. You have your own battle. You have your own hill to conquer. The government of Canada has its own hill, and every other nation has a hill in front of us. We all have our hills to conquer. But look what happens. Look what happens. The prophet realizes that God will make his feet like deer's feet. And he'll be able to climb the mountain that is in front of him. I find it very interesting, you know, when the Bible talks about being as sure-footed as a deer, the deer, actually the mule deer, and I believe this is the deer they're talking about, this breed of deer is like a mountain goat. They, they have this balance. They have this incredible balance and they're able to, to with their little, little feet, get them into the smallest cracks and they can climb incredible cliffs uh, that even humans can't climb. It's just phenomenal. And here's a picture of that so you can see uh, what that looks like. Now these pictures, of course, are, uh, are actually mountain goats, but the mule deer is very similar. God will cause your feet to be like deer's feet. And I want to say this because if you will focus on your high hills, God will give you the victory. All right? We all have different hills, and as we focus, we all focus on our hill and conquer our hill. Together we'll come together and we'll be able to take our nation for the Lord Jesus and bring salvation. Amen? So let's recap this week's assignment. I want to recap it with you. I'm going to bring it up on the PowerPoint here. Number one, okay, meet regularly with the Lord in prayer. 
okay? In other words, change your closet into a tower. Paradigm shift, okay? Number two, look for God to speak to you in dreams and in visions, okay? God will speak to you in dreams and visions. Start to believe it, okay? Number three, listen to the word of the Lord that he gives you. Number four, keep a journal of things God says to you. Write it down, okay? Why? Because surely it will come to pass. Number five, wait for God to bring it to pass. Wait for God to bring it to pass. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be in health even as your soul prospers, okay? We've got to let the fear go. We have to let the anxiety go. We can't change what's happening around us, but we can conquer the mountains that are in front of us. And God is going to do it as we, as he begins to speak to us, as we begin to praise him and declare the word of the Lord. It's like we're going to begin to rise up above our issues. We're going to begin to conquer the things that are in front of us. Why? Because our God is with us and he will cause us to prosper even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of destruction. God will cause prosperity to come to his people. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father, I pray for your people, God. I pray, Lord, that you are going to win them to yourself, God, in a deeper way. Lord, I pray that your people would begin to to get into the secret place. God, that they would begin to to get into the watchtowers of their life. They'd begin to pray and they begin to believe, God, that you're going to speak to them. You're going to give them vision. God, you're going to give them dreams. You're going to speak to them through your word, God. And it's, it's going to be something that's relevant for their marriages. It's going to be something that's relevant uh, for, for their own personal life, for their own healings. It's going to be something that's relevant for their own parenting. Whatever it is they need that's going to bring them to a place of prosperity in you, God, that you will speak to them, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, let not one person leave this meeting thinking that they can just go on as normal. Holy Spirit, arrest them and draw them into the watchtower of prayer in Jesus' precious name. And I bless your people. Amen. I really hope that video encouraged you and inspired you to move forward in prayer because God is calling us to a deeper place. He wants us to hear his voice for ourselves and know the plans that he has for us and for our families. And just before we move on to a time of communion with Paulette and Owen, I just really felt it was important if you have not received the Lord as your Savior, if you would say, Pastor, I don't know if I was to die tomorrow if I'd go to be with the Lord. I don't know if my sins have been forgiven. I want you to click on the little icon there that says, raise raise my hand. And if you click on that, we will pray with you. And um, here's the thing. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. You can have eternal life by putting your faith in Jesus. Why? Because he died for your sins, and rose again on the third day. So if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to click on that button right now. Click on it, and we'll pray together in just a moment. If you've clicked on that button, let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I know that I can't get to heaven on my own, and I receive your free gift of salvation. Forgive me for all my wrongdoings. I want you to be the Lord of my life. 
Send your spirit to live in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you've made the Lord the Lord of your life. And the Bible says he'll forgive you, he'll cleanse you, and he'll write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you are now going to spend eternity with God. So go in faith and let us know if you made that decision. Like just, just click on the link, talk to us through the text box. We want, we want to know that you made a decision. We want to connect with you. All right? Remember to register to our connect groups online. We want to see you at our connect groups on the other side of the Zoom screen. It's so important that you do that because this week we're going to be talking more about Habakkuk and we're going to be finishing the story that I started in the sermon today. Also, we're going to have a time of communion now with Paulette and Owen. God bless you and you guys have an amazing, amazing day. God bless. Good morning, everyone. It's Paulette and Owen here today. We're doing uh, communion. Pastor Travis been, uh, has honored us with the opportunity to do this with you. Paulette will do the communion, but I'm going to open in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the blessings you've given us, Lord. We thank you for family and friends. We thank you for security and the blessings you've given us all at this time. We ask you to continue putting your hand over our church, our pastors, all of the people that are involved in our church and others, Lord, and, and put in people's hearts that right now they may feel they need something and, and knowing, Lord, that they will come to you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone. So good to come together and share communion with you. We are really excited to do this because we know that communion is such a, an annual celebration at Passover time, but also as believers that we remember the sacrifice that Jesus had made for us for our sins when he went to the cross and he died for us. So as you uh, take the elements, we're just going to pause here for a moment, allow you to come into the throne room of God and just bring your petitions before him. So let's just take a moment. Thank you, Father. So in Matthew 26, verses 26 to 27, it reads, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread and gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take this and eat. This is my body. So as we take the albums, I'd ask that you take your bread, and we will just come into prayer, break it, and then take it. So Heavenly Father, as we take this bread, we remember it as this is your body. And we thank you, Lord, as we partake of this in remembrance of what you did for us before you went to the cross and as you were at the cross and afterwards. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the bread. Then Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and he offered it to him saying, Drink it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the, of the vine from now until that day when I will drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed at the cross. And Father, we are so grateful. We are so humbled. And as we take this wine lord we just remember you and know that you did it for each and every one of us and that you took our sins you bore those stripes and we are so eternally grateful especially at this time and so now we will come together and take the wine in remembrance of jesus amen owen yeah
Thank you, everyone. Um, I'll just close in prayer. Lord, we ask you to be with us as we continue through this COVID-19. Lord, give us, um, give us the wisdom to stay together, to keep our hands open for your help, Lord. We also ask you to put into place opportunities where we can help others. Keep others in mind, as well as your family. We ask you to keep us all safe, sane, and in needs of what we need. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. Bye for now. See you later. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.